We're going to carry on our series of measuring more. I'm going to be looking a little bit at um, uh, our praying to God the Father. Uh, it's not exclusively God the Father, so uh, a lot of the time I'm just looking at, as God the One rather than God the Free. But uh, Terry asked me to, to look at God the Father, and I'm afraid I can't keep it that tight. So I'm going to. I'm going to if you were here last Sunday night and you heard Phil, it was an amazing night, it was a great night. Uh, Phil was very vulnerable, and actually, a lot of what he said uh, kind of covers what uh, I'm, I'm going to say this morning. So, if you were there last Sunday night, you've got a free pass, you can go now. <laughs> and, uh, but uh, uh, if you would indulge me, I'm, I'm going to jump in uh, quite quickly with this. Sorry, age, age creeps up in here. So, Shane Hawkins was 15 when his dad died. On March the 25th last year, the Foo Fighters drummer Taylor Hawkins died after complaining of chest pain while on tour in Columbia. The Foo Fighters were scheduled to perform that night and cancelled. A few days later, they cancelled the remaining tour dates. And then in the summer, they announced that a pair of tribute concerts to Hawkins would take place, the first of which was on the 3rd of September at Wembley. Ladies and gentlemen, we have uh, one more drummer that's going to come up and play with us tonight. And uh, let me tell you, I don't think I've ever seen anyone hit the drums as hard as this person. But beyond that, he's a member of our family, and uh, he needs to be here tonight with all of us. And uh, I think it makes sense that he's going to come up and play with us tonight. Ladies and gentlemen, would you please welcome Mr. Shane Hawkins on the drums. That, that, that track there, so that was, that was last, uh, last September. Um, I was there with Lucy. It was really moving when this kid comes out and plays that track, My Hero, when his dad's died. And he, I mean... What a great way to express how you feel, just smashing it out on the drums like that. And uh, yeah, it was, uh, it was very moving. But relationships with your father can be very complicated. Uh, I'm going to be 50 this year. I know I don't look it, but I am going to be 50 this year. And me and my dad, we are still trying to figure each other out. Uh, there are things where about my, they just baffle me. What, what, what are you doing, Dad? And I'm sure... I'm sure he is exactly the same. So uh, this is, this is uh, my dad there. Uh, um, no idea who the, who the others are in that picture, but uh, <laughs> that's, that's uh, me and my parents. So my, my rally grifter there, that's if, uh, for those of you who remember those things, the heaviest bike ever invented. <laughs> Seriously, weighed a ton. But uh, try to lift it up to change a tyre. Goodness me, put your back out. Um, so parents are, are an interesting uh, thing, aren't they? So um, now I'm just going to, a little disclaimer here, because I know a lot of you know my parents-in-law, so I just need to say, for the record, they are perfect. <laughs> we, we never have to do this. Um, but I'm sure I'm not the only one who has to manage my parents. Uh, so do not let them sit next to that person. Do not mention Cousin Will, whatever you do. All these sort of things. You, you have to manage your parents a little bit. Um, I need to say, our Heavenly Father, there's no managing him. 
absolutely no managing him. But we do have interesting relationships with our parents. Uh, and, uh, and you try and control conversations and manipulate conversations. The worst thing for me is the follow-up question. I'll gladly talk to my dad about most things, but there's certain, certain conversations you go down and you know that there'll be a follow-up question and that's where you lose control of the conversation. Uh, uh, basically because he has no boundaries at all. He will just ask it. But, um, but uh, as a dad myself, I'm starting to see uh, the other side. So these are, these are my two, uh, not so little anymore. This is Sam and Lucy, for those of you who don't know them. Sam is somewhere up there. And, uh, and Lucy will be in bed, won't she? Yeah, yeah, she'll be in bed. Uh, but uh, as a dad, uh, as a dad of young children, you, you, you want to provide, you want to train, you, wanna, you have to discipline, uh, you're there to protect, you are their hero. You're all these things that, uh, that David was saying earlier, you know, you, you are the, those eagle's wings for your, your kids. Uh, you are those things. You, they do come to you to fix things. Like Tim said, they, you know, the amount of things that my kids have asked me to fix, I'm like... <coughs> I don't, I don't know. I don't know where Barbie's head goes. So <laughs> but then, then they get older and, uh, and you have to step back, don't you? You have to start letting them go. Even when they start school, there's a little bit of letting go. And, uh, and as a dad, you want, you want the best for them, but they've got to want it too. They've got to want... You, they've got to find their way and find their thing. And, uh, and then you want to celebrate their successes, but they've got, to, they've got to want to celebrate them too. They've got to even recognise them. So, I mean... Lucy at college, she can have a really good day, and she loves her course, and, uh, and says, so how's college day? It's all right. <laughs> That's a good day. If it's gone badly, oh my goodness, you, you hear all about it if it's gone badly. If it's a good day, it's all right. So, uh, yeah, they, you, they've got to want to celebrate it too, and uh, uh, again, I still want to fix their things for them. I want to fix their situations uh, Sam's trying to find uh, work at the moment and, and we try and sort of speak in to the situation but I've brought my kids up to be independent and, uh, and they are both fiercely independent so there's only so much input I can give them before they're like, I know dad, I've got this so, so, uh, so they've, got to want, they've got to want me in there and uh, I, want to have a, I want to have a relationship with them both and thankfully... At the moment, they still want to have a relationship with me, so there is there. But that, that's where I'm going uh, this, this morning, is that relationship with, with God. And uh, I'm going to read to you uh, from Matthew. Uh, going back to the Lord's Prayer, which uh, Greg spoke on uh, a couple of weeks, well, no, it was about a month ago, but uh, I'm just going to touch on this. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on it. So Matthew, five, uh, Matthew 6, starting from verse 5. And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door and pray to your father who is unseen. Then your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like the pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask him. This, then, is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. 
Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we have forgiven our debtors and lead us not into temptation but deliver us from the evil one. So uh, that's when Jesus teaches us the Lord's Prayer. Now, uh, Jill spoke uh, two weeks ago, was it Jill, on praying together and... uh, Uh, Jill spoke... um, uh, two weeks ago on praying together, and uh, it's, it's really important, there's real power in praying together, so I'm not contradicting what Jill said, but I am going to contradict it, because also we need to pray by ourselves, it's just as important. Uh, and so Jesus says we need to go to our room. Now, I'm married to Sarah, my wife, uh, she's alright, and... Uh, uh, <laughs> um, if I only chatted to Sarah when I was here on on a Sunday morning, we wouldn't have much of a marriage. If I only chatted to Sarah in a a group of friends down the pub, we wouldn't have much of a marriage. Our relationship and the depth of our relationship comes because we spend time on our own together. And uh, I really think that's what Jesus is talking about here. It's not that... It's not about being rewarded for praying in secret. It's about having that relationship... Uh, now, a lot of people have said, who've spoken before in this series, Terry started it off with a big L plate, uh, saying, uh, I'm a learner. Now, I just need to say here and now, I'm no good at this. Do, preparing this has been really challenging for me. If you put me in a crowd, I find it quite stimulating and motivating. I can, I can pray quite easily in a group of people for too long, Sarah will tell me, uh, but I can, I, can, I can do it. It's, it's easy. By myself, I am useless at it. I find it so difficult just to set time aside to pray. My mind just goes. So I'll start off. If, I'll, if I'm being, uh, try, trying to sort of put some structure to it, I might even start the Lord's Prayer. I've hallowed be his name, and I'm thinking about my tea, work, <laughs> anything else. But I, it's, it's, it's unbelievable how hard it is for me to just pray a short prayer like that before my mind goes off. Uh, one thing I do try to do is uh, uh, I, like, uh, I like a commercial radio station. I listen to it in the morning. And uh, they, they fill, fill it with ad breaks, which I can't bear. So it's like, turn the radio down. Right, that's my, that's my praying moment. So, uh, so I've got five minutes. I can pray. You know, usually it's the Egypt in front of me driving his car that distracts me from what I'm praying about. But I never get to the end of five minutes. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm useless at it. So I just need to say that I am not preaching because I've got this all sorted. I am, I am a learner, as, as Terry put it. However, there have been times when it has gone amazingly well. So there was one time I was with Sam, who was smaller than me at that, at that point, and uh, Will Graham, for those of you who know him, and we, we'd gone up Snowdon. And we were about halfway up. We were going up uh, Hluids on this. We were doing sort of the, about half the horseshoe. And um, uh, we passed a couple of uh, scousers coming the other way. No, refer- no relevance to them being scousers, but they were. <laughs> Don't go up there, they said. It's just wild, it's too dangerous. And all it was windy. It wasn't too dangerous. It was fine. But we, we carried on up there. We got up onto the ridge of Cluid, and it really was 
you couldn't hear anything. The wind, you had to walk with your hands. It was, it was like that. And um, so I could have been as close as I am to Ian now. Just the noise was just immense. And I actually got caught up with just the power of it. And next thing I know, this isn't normal for me. I am belting out how great thou art. I'm just caught up in the moment. Sam had no idea. <laughs> neither, did, uh, neither did Will. Will had no idea. So, I, you know, just, I'm just lost in it. So I can do it when the moment takes me, but I don't find it easy. Uh, but this is the relationship the Father wants, that one-on-one -on -one relationship. Now, I have a good friend in this room, Terry. I know, because I spend time with Terry, that if I know the Arsenal score and he hasn't seen it on match of the day, he doesn't want to talk about it. Now, you all know that now as well, because I've just told you. But I know that because I've spent time with Terry. And when I do know the Arsenal score and he hasn't seen match of the day, it is great fun just to dangle little, little clues as to, to which way it might be, because I know Terry. But I also know that I'm not going to... I'm not actually going to spoil it, so he doesn't know the result. But that, that comes through spending time uh, with each other. Romans 12, actually, no, I've jumped ahead. Uh, actually, spending time with God, that one-on-one -on -one time, that's how we get to know his will. It's that one-on-one -on -one time. Like I know Terry doesn't want to know the Arsenal score. We get to know the will of the other person. We get to know the will of the Father. And Romans 12 puts it this way. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Uh, I've missed a bit, but it goes on to say this is how he will reveal his will to us. Um, it's through our spending time with God. It's through worshipping him uh, quietly in our rooms, in our work, uh, as we go about business, in our play, in our fun, that's when he reveals his will to us. He's, he tells us that. And so when we go into our room and quietly pray and spend time with him and we get to know him, we start to know, learn his will. Now, I think this is where some of the immeasurably more comes from. Because if we are praying in the will of the Father, then I think that's where you're going to see him actually doing things. Amen. So with what you bought, James, you are bringing out the will of, your, of the Father and when you are praying in the will of the Father, he's answering those prayers. And, I mean, that book's just <laughs> perfect for this morning, you know, to actually be spending time praying as you go to bed and all the rest, getting to know God as a young girl, you're not a young girl anymore, obviously, but uh, you, uh, you get to know that. And uh, so what, what, a, what a great testimony that was. Thank you, Ian, for that this morning. The other thing, which again has been coming out this morning, is that calling out to God. So the Lord's Prayer, it's a great framework to pray. So, you know, Jesus didn't do a bad job of giving us that. Uh, great framework to pray. But it is quite a formal prayer. Uh, and, but if you go to the Psalms... It's full of people crying out to God in situations. So you look at the world today, you look how Sarah prayed out this morning for uh, the people in Mississippi. 
And, and the Bible's full of that. People just crying out to God. And there's no uh, going through a, a ritual and, and formula, formalising it or anything. It's they, those, those psalms, it's raw honesty. Uh, now, here's just a few of the psalms. It's, it's uh, uh, abbreviated. Uh, I'd like to tell you that I read all the psalms and just wrote a headline. Uh, I use Google. Um, but here's, here's just a few. So, bring safety, lead me into righteousness, hear me and bring deliverance, protect our king. Why have you forsaken me? Teach me your ways, vindicate me. Crying to God to continue his love, begging that the Lord does not forsake because of guilt. Where is God and why am I left to mourn? Have mercy on me, O God. Attacked by friends, but God is still the refuge. A cry of desperation for God to remember his promises and his people. Remember us and forgive us. Judge the earth and rescue the weak. Destroy the enemies that they may know the Lord. Do not be angry. Show me your favour. A cry to God for help. Deliver me from the world full of war. A prayer for peace. Looking to the Lord for mercy. Restore our fortunes. Hear me and judge my enemies. Protect me from the evil of my enemies. So just there, we've looked at cost of living, uh, war, uh, and a million other things that we could probably relate to really easily. And that's, that's the Psalms. They're, just, they're full of that, that raw honesty. There's a YouTube clip that I, I would show, but it's 20 minutes long, so uh, I'm not going to. Uh, it's, it's Bono and Eugene Peterson when he was still alive, and they're talking about the Psalms and that raw honesty and how the psalmists have that relationship with God where they can just lay it out and say how it is. And, and again, that's the other half of that relationship. As we get to know God, he's getting to know us. He's hearing our heart as well. So it is a two-way relationship. It's not just about me spending time quiet in my room learning his will. It's about him getting to know me. I know he already knows me. I know that. But there is something about it where I'm revealing myself to him by my choice, because he's given me independence and will, I am now able to reveal myself to him. Uh, to really uh, sum this up, I want to go right back to the start. So, in the Bible, in Genesis, uh, it says that the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day. Now, this is just after they've eaten the apple, but I'm going to take a little bit of artistic licence and suggest that God walking the garden was not an unusual experience for them because they recognised the sound of him walking the garden. I'm, I'm going to assume that this wasn't the first time it happened. God just walked in the garden with them. When he created the earth before the fall, he just, they just hung out together. Isn't that, I mean... That just blows my mind to think this, this uh, amazing God that I can't see, uh, you know, I know he's there, but I can't see him. He just, he could just be walking, walking past. That's, that's, that's the creation he wanted. Uh, that's the creation that, that we ruined, but he wanted. And uh, he just wanted to hang out. And 
this is the relationship that God wants with us. He wants to be walking side by side. He wants to be talking as friends. He wants to have that intimate relationship. So yes, hanging out in a group and telling him stuff as a group is a really powerful thing. And we need to do that. We, we, we can testify as a church the power of praying in a crowd. But I think there's, there's a certain aspect where, as it says right back in that passage in Matthew about the, the, the Pharisees being hypocrites for praying on the street corners where they're seen, if we haven't got that intimate relationship, then there's not a lot of point in praying in a crowd. We've got to, got to get this right first. And as I said, I haven't got there yet. I'm terrible at it, so I know I need to work on it. So I'm going to close here. I'm going to hand back to Ian in a second. We're going to take communion. And uh, communion is largely about us doing this together. But today, as we take communion, I really want you to think about your relationship with God. Because I know I need, I need to work on mine. I need to spend more time just me and God. And I'm going to assume that if that's me, that I'm not the only person in the room who feels that way. So when we take communion today, yes, people can pray for you, we can pray for each other, but actually I'm going to suggest that we take a bit of responsibility for ourselves first and foremost, and we actually ask God to improve our prayer life with him on a one-on-one.